0: Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. On today's episode, I chat with first time mum Terry about her empowering drug free water birth in a hospital setting down here on the Gold Coast terry's approach to her birth was of the mindset that knowing less is more she chose to ignore any traumatic birth stories she was told and she trusted her innate ability to birth her baby i hope you guys enjoy this episode hi terry thank you so much for coming on today thanks for having me i'm so excited I know, me too. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so um, we live in Kira on the Gold Coast, and there's just me, my husband, and our little girl Ocean. She is one and a half, and then we've got our dog Caesar. He's a big German Shepherd. Amazing! And yeah. did you guys plan
0: your pregnancy with Ocean?
1: Yeah, so we were actually trying for almost a year. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I was on the pill for quite a while and didn't had no idea of the things it was doing to my body. Um, so when I went off the pill, I think I didn't get my first period until six months later. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think the issue was even when I did get my period back, I wasn't actually ovulating properly. Yeah, right. Um,
0: so, did you end up seeing
1: someone about that? I I saw a doctor about it, but they they said to me, we kind of don't really intervene or do anything until you're kind of a year or two into trying. Oh wow! So. Yeah, which was pretty crazy. And I think it was scary because at the time we were like, oh, is it Chase or is it me? Like we didn't know what the issue was. Um, But, yeah, it was literally just because I was on the pill for so long. I think my body was just really trying to get back to a rhythm. Mm. So – don't go on the pill. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something that they should teach you in school, which they don't. Like you just have no idea. You, yeah. When you're a teenager, you think that you can get pregnant anytime. Yeah. And you go on the pill and you just don't think about it. Mm. I remember a lot of like friends at school used to skip their period on the pill, like skip those little sugar pills so that they wouldn't get their period. But then I was like, "No, I need to have my period. I know it's good for my body." But then I realised it's actually a fake period that you don't oh, even have.
0: I didn't know that.
1: How about yeah. that?
0: I used to skip it because I remember a a um doctor said to me oh, you don't need to have it. And I was like, oh, sweet, perfect. I won't then. And I did Mm -hmm. that for three years. (laughs) So it took you a full year to get your body back into a rhythm?
1: Yeah. And I actually think that we fell pregnant the first time that I properly ovulated. Oh, that's awesome. So,
0: Is there anything that you found really helped your body get back into that rhythm that you did during that time?
1: I just honestly tried to eat. As healthy as possible, um, and I found like when I would think about it too much, that it would make things worse. Yeah. So I tried to take my mind off it. Like it's really easy to get into a heart, like a I don't know, really down state when you're trying to fall pregnant and you're not. So, so I think just take the pressure off yourself and trust that it will happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: True. Oh, that was. Another thing I did went to a really good Chinese medicine or Mm -hmm. naturopath, was he? might have been both. Um, And so funny. I spent all this money on herbs and these um, like little concoctions that he made up for me to help my body ovulate and like kickstart that that again. Um, Literally, I think I took it for three weeks and that, I also, like, felt pregnant then. Oh. So <laughs> I think I had, like, maybe two or three months worth of herbs and yeah. then I didn't need them. <laughs> so, yeah, natural kind of approach to it. Yeah,
0: perfect. And how was your pregnancy with her?
1: It was really, really cruisy. I think I got sick at the start, mm-hmm. maybe five or six weeks. Um, but after that, I honestly had no problems whatsoever. I was very chilled through my pregnancy awesome I um I worked at a doctor's surgery at the time in reception and we were in the middle of trying to move so we previously lived in a little country town called Gatton oh yeah and um we really wanted to move to the coast I especially wanted to if I was gonna have a child I said I can't be a stay-at-home mum like where we're living I just feel like it's not where I'm meant to be. Um, so, yeah, I actually never went to a hospital appointment until I was like 32 weeks maybe pregnant. Um, I just got all my checkups at the GP I worked at.
0: Yeah.
1: So they would just occasionally check her heartbeat and really that was about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and – did you have anyone around you that had given birth
1: um, yeah I had a close like a couple of close friends that had given birth and my sister had my sister had a really traumatic first birth
0: mm, okay.
1: I don't know I feel like I was really unprepared I didn't read a single book okay. until I think I was two weeks out from giving birth oh. <laughs> I started reading um, is it? Guide to Childbirth by Anna Mae. Yeah. 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 Um, But I probably got like maybe 30 or 40 pages into it. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I watched a lot of YouTube videos.
0: Oh, okay. Right.
1: I was always watching um, positive births on YouTube or that sort of thing. And I tried not to let people's bad stories affect me. I was like, well, that's not going to be me. Like, that doesn't have to be my story.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I
1: have a friend that actually had two really positive births. So I kind of like look to her for a lot of inspiration. Her first birth was in a midwifery kind of space. And then her second birth, she free birthed at home. So I feel like I... Definitely had a lot of respect for her, and I knew that it's something that could be done. I actually think I deep down I wanted to free birth ocean at home, mm-hmm. but my husband was scared. I think I was too. I was like, I don't know what to expect. Like, and I just was not informed either. Like, like I said, I did no reading, I barely went to a hospital appointment. So I had, I really had no idea even about my rights or like what. Yeah. But I think sometimes maybe that me being chilled was why I had a bit of a positive.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah.
0: What model of care did you end up choosing?
1: So we just went through the public system. Um we went to Gold Coast Uni Hospital. Oh, yeah. I've heard they're pretty good down there. Yeah, so they have um amazing rooms like they're incredible and just the set out of everything is really relaxing um but that was another reason why I didn't have any hospital appointments because we didn't actually know where we were going to be living yeah right. so we moved to the Gold Coast probably three weeks or a month before I had her
0: oh okay and did you have any
1: family out here my sister lived here yeah okay nice I honestly I'm grateful that we moved when we did because of We hadn't then I don't think I would have Mm -hmm. because I definitely missed that support of my mum and close friends
0: yeah definitely yeah so do you want to take us to that first sign of labor
1: yeah so I probably woke up the morning of at like 5 a.m and started to get like some subtle pains obviously I've never been through it before so I was like I don't know is this the start or isn't it I really didn't have any previous pain, like what is it they get, Braxton Braxton Hicks, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. So the morning of, yeah, I woke up and just really like started from there. It was quite consistent throughout the day and they just got more intense and closer together, but I was still in denial. <laughs> I was like... Oh no, it's probably not it. I remember think like seeing people who think they're going into labor and they tell everyone and then it's literally like days or weeks and they're still not like having the baby. So I was like, Yeah, no, we'll just go about our day as if it's not happening. So I think we went for a walk and got a coffee that morning, and then we went and did the groceries. <laughs> and then I think that was around eleven o'clock and it like it started to get quite a bit more intense then at the grocery store like I had to stop through the the contractions and then we came home and went to the beach (laughs) and then I remember coming back from the beach and it was becoming close to sunset and I was like let's go and watch sunset this might be the last time we ever get to watch a sunset without a child. So we went and did that. And then I came home and baked br- banana bread. <laughs> <laughs> my husband was thinking the whole time, like, she is crazy. <laughs> because by this like, they were quite intense. Like, I was having to, like, stop through them. Wasn't really able to talk much. Um I still hadn't told anyone. I hadn't told my family or any of my friends. I was still in denial, I think. <laughs> But then it came to about eight o'clock or nine o'clock that night and I um, called my mum and my sister and told them because they were a couple of hours away so I knew that they would kind of need time if they wanted to come. I actually had no plans of them being there either in the room for the birth but Mm -hmm. they both ended up being there. I always planned that it would just be Chase and I but... I think I'm really happy that they were there. Like it was just quite a long – it was long for Chase as well. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the extra hands were like helpful. Yeah, Yeah. so then what happened after that? I think we went to the hospital at about 11 o'clock that night and my mum and sister were were in Gatton at the time, so they drove there. I think they got there – exact same time as us. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Anyway, but by then I was I actually like thought that I would possibly have her at home. I was like, "Oh, I just think that like I'll be able to handle it and I'll be fine at home and she'll just like accidentally come when I'm at home." <laughs> <laughs> but I just couldn't get comfortable at home. Like we have a small shower. Um I tried laboring in the shower and I couldn't get comfortable. I don't know, I just got to a bit of a scared stage and I was like, okay, I feel like we need to go to the hospital just for peace of mind so that I can kind of gauge where we're at and maybe I'll be able to get into the bath and get just be more comfortable. So, Um, so yeah, I got to the hospital about 11 and I think they checked me when I got in um, and I was about – Four and a half five centimeters so they then like had a room ready for me straight away the midwife that we had there the night she was very quiet I don't think she engaged with us much at all and at the time looking back I was like oh she was I felt like she was a bit rude like she never really spoke to us or checked like how it was going or okay but then she said to my family that oh she's doing such a good job I just like am letting her be and I was like maybe that was good. Yeah. Deep down like we thought, oh it's just awkward that she's just here not saying anything or like doing anything. But maybe that's what I needed. Yeah. Another reason why it went so well is because she wasn't interfering. Yeah. She was just letting me do my thing. Mm. I mean people put that on their birth plans. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to see a midwife
0: taking that approach on her own accord.
1: Yeah. And me not birthing before I was like oh shouldn't you be like telling me what to do yeah got but you. she was just could see that I was doing it and she's like you don't need me yeah <laughs> but yeah I definitely got to a really intense stage in the hospital I wanted to get in the bath but she told me I wasn't allowed to yet unless I was seven centimeters which I didn't know that I was actually allowed to. She was just saying that because she didn't want it to slow down. Um, so she was worried if I got in the bath too early, it would slow it down. I was just like, okay, I didn't know that I was actually allowed to get in, but I just laboured, tried to labour in the shower, which helped a bit, but I kind of like was getting really sore knees and stuff because the hard floor. And then it was winter as well, I feel like. The showers there they don't get in the hot. hospital... They don't get hot mm. and, like, I was freezing Yeah, even though I had both shower heads on me. I just felt so cold still.
0: And the hospitals themselves are a bit cold, aren't they?
1: Yeah. I honestly thought they would be a lot warmer.
0: Me too. Yeah. Especially
1: when a baby's coming in, like, well, they're naked and, like... Yeah.
0: But the, the upstairs, so when we stayed in the hospital, our room was boiling. Yeah. But, like, where I labored was freezing. Yeah
1: yes so same. silly because I remember Ocean was naked for the first like yeah two days I didn't put clothes on her I was like it's the middle of winter
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um but yeah so i really started to struggle then I don't know I have no concept of time yeah most women past don't. the point where we got into hospital
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and I was really struggling and the lady said, do you, want, do you want anything? I hadn't had anything at this point And I thought she gave me a few options. I can't remember them all, but I ended up deciding to try a bit of the gas.
0: Can um, I just quickly ask, had you researched anything about epidurals or extra pain relief? And was it a plan going in to avoid that or no?
1: I told myself I really didn't want to have an epidural. I didn't really want to have any intervention mm-hmm. or drugs, but I wasn't—I never had a birth plan as such. I just never wanted to put anything down, yeah, and then be disheartened or be so set on a plan and then not go the right the way I wanted.
0: Yeah, okay. So I
1: just went into it more open-minded and thinking I have no idea what's coming, and just take it each step at a time. Um, And I, like, had that on my – like, they obviously, at the hospital, they get you to do a bit of a plan. Um, So I had that on there that I didn't really want to have any of the pain relief. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I didn't really feel like the gas did much. Yeah, okay. I – like, my sister got really sick on it. I didn't get sick, but I – I feel like the only thing I continued using it for was I felt like it helped me breathe. I don't know if you remember the little balls and it makes a noise. So I felt like as I was breathing in like that sound and the like I could hear my breath more. So it helped me know to breathe through them instead of like getting caught up and just like Losing control. Yeah,
0: because they—it um, doesn't really take the pain away, does it?
1: No, I honestly did not notice. I mean, maybe it did, and it's just so intense that you don't think it does. But I felt like it didn't really do anything with the pain. Mm, same. It just really helped me to focus more on my breathing, which I feel like at that point I had lost yeah. because I actually like got to that point and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. I like, I think it was. It was quite late in the night or probably by this stage quite early morning, like maybe 3 a.m. or something like that. So I'd been laboring for quite a while. I hadn't slept all day. Yeah. I just felt I just felt exhausted. If I'd have known now, I probably wouldn't have done so much during the day and just had a little sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I was like, no, let's like <laughs> go for a walk. Let's do the groceries. Let's <laughs> like – Let's make banana bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just got to that exhausted point where you're like, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. And I don't know how much longer it's going to be. So I feel like I just there was felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. I hadn't been checked again or anything. Like that was another thing I really didn't get checked much. At this point, she had... I don't know. I don't even think she checked. I don't know if she checked the heart rate even. Um, but I hit a point where I was like, I can't do this. And I actually asked for an epidural. Right. And she said to me, she actually she got the guy in that was going to do the epidural and she said, um, he's just going to run you through like all the – Possible things that could go wrong, and like, what you need to do. And he, I remember, how does anyone listen to what they're saying? <laughs> yeah, I know. As if I I heard nothing he said to me, other than you have to, you'll have to stay still for fifteen minutes. And I think <laughs> I was like, righto, fuck off. There is no <laughs> way in the world that I can stay still for fifteen minutes. Like I know, stupid. Like how? Mm-hmm. And. The lady, the midwife was like, okay, how about we check you and if you're seven centimetres, you can hop in the pool and maybe that'll give you a bit of relief and you won't feel like you need the epidural. I was like, oh, I didn't really know whether to. I was like, am I going to be disheartened? But she ended up checking me and I think I was like seven or seven and a half centimetres. So honestly, the second I got in the pool, I was just like I've got this I felt like the weight of my body didn't feel so heavy and I could just move through the contractions a lot better to find a comfortable place Mm -hmm. um and then from then on I was just in a zone I feel like I never had another bit of doubt in my mind that I I didn't go through any more of I can't do this. Yeah, awesome. Which maybe too, I, maybe I was in transition when I was going through that point of I can't do this anymore mm. because does that happen around yeah. seven? Yeah, usually
0: between seven to ten centimetres is when yeah. a lot of women are like, okay, I'm done.
1: Yeah. So then, yeah, and my waters broke maybe a couple of a few hours before I had her. Um, I vomited and my waters broke. Yeah, I just remember feeling this wave of sickness come over me mm-hmm. and I was pushing with her for about two hours. Yeah. Okay. And was
0: that your body pushing?
1: And I feel like I didn't really notice at the time or like maybe I did the midwife's could tell a change in my voice and the way I was moaning with my contractions it was like I was like everything was coming down like I just couldn't control it like my body was just like kind of trying to push at that time and then they checked me and I was fully dilated then so I think my body was doing it but then they were like they said to me oh you can push now so I think then in my head I'm like, oh, I have to push. Okay, yeah. Which I don't think I really needed to. I think my body was just going to do it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I was subconsciously like a bit retracting from it, like worrying that it was going to be really painful. Hmm. And did um, you feel her coming down? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like the pushing change, it wasn't, it was, like the contractions weren't that unbearable kind of like Mm -hmm. it was they just were different then and the midwife said to me she's like it couldn't have gone better like with her taking her time to come down she really stretched you like I was really lucky that I didn't tear amazing Um, I got a tiny graze but they ended up stitching just because it was like on the inside and she said it would wouldn't stop bleeding they just put a tiny little stitch in it Mm -hmm. just so it would stop bleeding at the end but um she really was like just in and out in and out like stretching me yeah okay yeah I think it felt like quite a few times that I could it's funny it's like you feel like oh my gosh their head's almost out but in reality it's just the tip of it (laughs) (laughs) but it's feels like so much is there yeah and I remember when she fully started to come out I was like oh oh, Bernie Bernie and my midwife is was... so at this stage I the midwife that I originally had switched to another lady so she finished and she traded over which I could not have asked for a better midwife to help coach me through the pushing stage I feel like um mm-hmm. so maybe what I missed with the other lady was uh, she wasn't like giving me words of affirmations like you can do this you're doing an amazing job sort of thing maybe that's what I missed Mm -hmm. um this lady that then came on she was like you are doing amazing like she just helped me through it and made me believe that I could do it yeah um and she just kind of like Now calm down, like don't push at the moment, trying to coach me through like so I didn't tear or so that I just had a rest and um, that I wasn't pushing when I wasn't supposed to be and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then her head came out and literally the next contraction, she just like her entire body came out. But it was Mm. just the most beautiful thing, Mm. like she just floated up through the pool, like the midwife didn't touch her she literally just floated to the top and (sighs) then um I think I was just like stunned staring Mm -hmm. at her just floating under there and she just looks so peaceful that I didn't even grab her (laughs) (laughs) and the the midwife just grabbed her and like put her on my chest I was like instant relief and just I don't know you're just on this complete high just so much emotions so Mm -hmm. yeah my sister And mum were both there as well. Um, And I feel like they were just so helpful. And at stages through, I feel like you really need that female presence of someone that's been through it before. Or they just know how to touch you and what to say. Like Often Chase was like, when I was having a contraction, he would grab me and try and hold me up but like maybe he would grab me a bit too tightly and i would just be so irritated by it but then my mom would just gently rub my back or something and sometimes i just feel like women know what to do <laughs> yeah
0: 100% <laughs> um what was it like for your sister to see an empowering birth
1: she so she was actually 20 weeks pregnant oh, i think okay. yeah at the time as well with her second she told me she's like I was terrified seeing that after yeah just because I guess the intensity of it but she was also like wow I can't believe how beautiful that was and how little intervention or help you needed to do it like she was just I don't know it was so nice everyone was so proud of me and I was so proud of myself oh I bet yeah so and then she was I think we got out of the bath quite quickly which I'm not sure why but then we just went and sat on the bed and um there's definitely like a few things that I I would change and I would definitely be more informed next time around but I feel like I had a really beautiful hospital experience compared to some people's traumatic ones. Yeah
0: for sure
1: and how long were
0: you guys in the hospital for? Um
1: we could have probably gone home I think they said like with the minimum amount of time because I had no issues they would have let us go home within six hours but being a new mum I was a little bit nervous and scared so we ended up staying in the hospital for I think we ended up staying two nights because she actually after that first day she wouldn't latch properly so, that, like, we were hand-expressing and then feeding her through a syringe. We definitely had a journey, have had a journey with breastfeeding. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's, it was harder than birth. Right. <laughs> I was like, why did I not read anything about yeah. um, breastfeeding? I know. I mean, we're, she's 18 months now and we're still going, so. That's
0: awesome. She
1: ended up having a tongue and lip tie. So that could have possibly been an issue with why she couldn't latch. But she did learn to latch and she fed in a way that worked for her. Like we just made it work together. But when we eventually got her tongue and lip tie lasered, things were so much better. So, so, so much better.
0: that's awesome. And are you guys planning on going back for baby number two?
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> nice.
0: And would you do anything differently next
1: time? So this time I would definitely love to have a home birth. I feel like I would yeah. know what to expect now. And um, that was another reason. I think we would have had a home. Chase would have been more open to a home birth if we were more organised and I wasn't so blasé about everything, um, if I was more informed and could just reassure him. But the other thing was like we would moved house we'd spent a lot of money in a short amount of time like preparing for her then moving house like we bought a lot of new furniture and all of this stuff mm-hmm. um, and when I looked into home births I was actually quite surprised on how expensive it was going to be like just for a midwife and then yeah. all of the extra things that you have to have. I just didn't want to dip into our savings to then stress us out being new parents. Like if you, if I'd then spent a few thousand dollars or whatever on a midwife and had a home birth, then we probably would have been a lot more stressed when she was newborn yeah. to not have that just back up behind you. i probably, I would like, yeah. I would love to have a home birth and I would love to have another water birth. I feel like Mm -hmm. I just felt so much calmer in the water. I'm a water baby myself, so there's no surprises there. Yes,
0: you so are. And so
1: is Oshia now. How did you guys pick her
0: name? It's such a beautiful name.
1: Yeah, so we actually had a funny story with the names. I forgot to mention this, actually, that we didn't find out what we were having. And I was 100% certain that we were having a boy. I, the whole way through the pregnancy, we called him her, (laughs) him, and... (laughs) She came out as a girl. Mm. So we had some really, like, solid boys' names, but the girls' names we could never agree on one. It was just, like, one I loved, Chase didn't love. And a funny story is Ocean was actually going to be Luna, oh, which was hilarious. yeah. But, yeah, the story of don't tell people your baby names because they'll talk you out of it, that happened. Oh, no. <laughs> with Luna. Yeah, But okay. any of the names on her list – she was none of them you know when they're born and you're just like yeah she's too pretty to be that I feel like my names were really gender neutral and like I just felt like she needed a bit more of a feminine name so I love the ocean I wanted to have something that connected in a way to the ocean but I didn't I'd heard of the name ocean before but I didn't feel like that was feminine enough and then my sister said what about ocean there's a girl at Sienna's daycare that has that name and it, it's so unique and i as soon as i heard it i was like yes yes 100 percent that's her name
0: amazing and it is so, so yeah. unique
1: it's very like not a yes yeah, not heard of mm-hmm. um and a lot of people think her name's ocean but um yeah it's pronounced ocean it's actually i think french Ooh. And they they say it a lot more beautifully than us. I think they pronounce <laughs> it, o- ocean. Oh, fancy! Which is so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're too Aussie to. Yeah. Yeah, and she always gets shortened for Osh oshi so love that
0: she's so beautiful yeah. do you think you'll have more than two because you make pretty cute babies
1: we'll see but i see us probably having maybe three i don't know i was telling a friend the other day that just randomly i'll imagine us with four. Oh, for some reason Lord. <laughs> even though i'm like that would be a crazy lot. hectic yeah but you never know i feel like i i definitely didn't um, slip into motherhood I didn't find it very easeful mm. um. Does anyone with their first though? Yeah, I don't know. Some people make it seem like they do, but maybe not deep down. Mm. I think in the beginning I just spent way too much time trying to listen to other people's advice or what a book told me to do and how how to parent instead of listening to myself. Yes. That was what my biggest issue was, is that I didn't trust that I actually knew how to do it and that I knew what was best for her.
0: Yeah, we intuitively know what to do.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely a lot more relaxed now and she's such a happy kid. Yeah. She's definitely fiery and so determined <laughs> but she's, that's going to get her so far in life.
0: Oh, absolutely. Do you have any advice for any expectant mums out there?
1: I Probably one of my main advice would be just to trust yourself and know that you know what is best for them Yeah, no matter what. That asking someone else – what you should do or for advice isn't necessarily what is going to be best for you and just to really take care of yourself and listen to what you need because a lot of times you always put yourself last but you are going to be 100% the most incredible mum if you can make time for yourself So that then you can be a better mum. So
0: true. Great advice. Thank you so much, Terry, for coming on today and sharing your birth journey with us. Thank you so much for having me. That brings us to the end of today's show, guys. I hope you enjoyed hearing a positive hospital birth story. You can follow along on Terry's motherhood journey on her Instagram and let me know what you think of today's show. I love reading your feedback. I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.